sister. Thank you so much. We've got a little baby here. Where'd that baby go? Baby's feeding? All right. Well, we'll do that baby at the end. How's that? Okay. So, uh, but we have a new baby we want to introduce to you. And uh, my wife said, do not drop her. I said, boy, you know, I've done that so many times. I've dropped babies up here in the front. She said, well, don't start today. So <laughs> I, don't, I had no idea I was dropping babies. So I guess she wants me to be overly cautious. So I will plan to do that. If you have your Bibles, let's hold them up. Repeat. After me, I'm a child of God. Child of God. Having my hand, the powerful Word of God, can change lives. Heal broken hearts and beat the devil at his game. <laughs> Lord Jesus, would you speak to me? In Jesus' name. Amen. Give a high five, pound your neighbor. Definitely hug your neighbor. Would you hug him? Hug him. Make sure that. <laughs> Brother Red, make your, run, make your run down there. All right. All right. Good to see all of you. We have some visitors today. Make sure you make them welcome today. We still got hugging going on. Oh, not you put a knot on your head. That's what he does. He'll help you stay awake in church like that. So. T's sitting over there going, I love him, man. I'm awake. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've enjoyed this study in Colossians. We're just about to wrap it up. We're in chapter 4. We, we rolled into chapter 4, verse 1 last week. We're in... Uh, we're going to pick it up at verses 2 through 6 today. Paul's beginning to close out the book, and he wants to make sure that we understand that there are some, some, some essentials for living the Christian life. He gives us about seven or eight of them here in, in our text, and so we're going to go through those and take a look at them. Um, in, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, he described the basics of what a Christian life should look like. In chapter uh, 3, verses 12 through 17, he described uh, what we should be wearing as Christians, what our apparel should look like. Also in verses 18, uh, chapter 3 through 4, 1 that we talked about last week, guidelines for uh, uh, establishing and governing our Christian families, and then how we treat each other at work and how employers and employees should uh, respond to each other. And so today he really lays out a, a, a wonderful picture for us of what our lives as Christians should be looking like and these essentials that we need to have active in our life if we're going to stay in the fight and we're in a battle are we not it is a spiritual warfare and i'm telling you it's raging wild around us and we must stand folks we must stand and be the christians that god's called us to be but let's pick it up at verse two and let's see what he tells us. The first thing he tells us to do is to continue in prayer. Let's see what it says. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. You might want to underline those two words, highlight that section. And then he goes on in verse 3. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. He tells us we are to be faithful and devoted in our prayer. He talks about that in Romans 12. He talks about it in the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, when he says, pray continually. We should be focused, devoted, faithful in prayer. Without prayer, you have no power. Your power comes through prayer. I'm learning that more every day. 
the battles rage on, but if I don't pray, I'm powerless. Reading is not my favorite thing to do. But I'm learning how to read and how to enjoy it. And it's been a difficult transition for me. I was an athlete in high school, one of those guys I didn't have to study, you know, I could just kind of work my way through and get through it all. And I don't know if they were giving me special privileges or not, but I get to Bible colleges and they don't care about any of that stuff. They expected you to study, to read, and to prepare yourself. Then I got through Bible college and I said, I've studied all I want to study. I'm not going to study anymore. And so I went into neutral and just read enough to act like I was doing things. Woo, man, am I way behind. <laughs> so I'm trying to catch up in that. Maybe you are in your life. But the good news is God is ready to restore instantly what the locusts have eaten away. And so even though I've said idle and I haven't practiced and I haven't been doing the things that I should be doing, boy, he's got me back in line and it's fun. I'm learning more than I... I said, whoa, I didn't read that, but whoa! Any of you there? And maybe some of you are going, well, I don't know, man, I'm so dry now. I don't know if I could ever get on top of this thing. Yeah, you can, because you just got to restart it. Yeah, that's all you got to do. You got to restart it. I think that's why our young people love going to CIY. And I want some of you adults to go with us. Even if you don't have kids that age, that's fine. Come with us anyway. I took Trey. Trey didn't have any kids. He got on more fire than they did. I would look at him. He'd be over there swaying during the songs. I thought, what's he doing? And we weren't even in the worship service yet. He was just swaying. I thought, whoa. It was awesome. It's awesome to watch 1,300 people lifting their voices to the Lord. Ooh, man, that grabs you. I love it when 70 people do that right here. You know, I'll say, sing it out, boy, and you, you come on, man, you come on. But we've got to be faithful and devoted in our prayers. Jesus taught that we should be people of prayer, Luke 18. That we, uh, he was concerned that when he returned, he might not find faith on the earth in Luke 18, verse 8. He, the Bible gives us great examples. In Psalm 55, David, a man for God's own heart. Daniel 6, Daniel, a great man, beloved by God. Luke chapter 2, Anna, an elderly widow, blessed to see the Christ child. And then, of course, Paul himself in chapter 1 of Colossians, he talks about uh, the power of prayer and as a role model for us. Even in Colossians, he's mentioned about Epaphras, who was a member, a leader of the church in Colossae. Many people pray only when there's a crisis and that may not be true of us. And I pray it's not true of us. We need to be people of pray, prayer even when it's going great. Because if it's going great, guess what? Satan's fixing to attack. If you don't feel the flames of hell lapping at the heels of your feet every day of your life, you're too far away from God and you're too close to Satan. You might say, well, you know, my life's pretty good right now. I don't have anything going on. Whoa, just wait. <laughs> because when you start to seek God, you know why these young people are under attack? I'll tell you exactly why. Because they decided, remember Miranda stood right up here the Sunday after CLY. And she told you that she opened her envelope. And her envelope said, fast every Wednesday 
for a whole year. So we've been doing this. There's now 11 of us praying and taking one meal on Wednesday, uh, uh, fasting during that meal and praying. And I'm sending out prayer needs, and I want them to be praying for those things. I've sent them scripture to read to help them with that day, to stay focused. But you know why? It's because they jumped from here over to here in their depth with what they were trying to do for God. And guess who took notice? Satan did. And guess what he did? He started attacking them. He attacks us at our most vulnerable point. For me, I, I cannot tell you in the last three months how much food has just been whoo, right here in front of me. I'll be sitting there at 10 o'clock at night and I'm thinking, hmm, butter brickle ice cream. Or I'll look at Cindy and I'll say, you look like you need a Brahms run. <laughs> I needed the Brahms run, but I need her to say, yeah, I do. <laughs> then I can go sin with her. Are you following me so far? You see, that's what happens to us. And Satan knows where we're vulnerable. And he comes and attacks right there. And Paul is telling us, if you'll devote yourself to prayer, be faithful in prayer. You're going to be able to win that battle. Secondly, he says in this verse, be watchful. Be vigilant. Ooh, that's a good word. Sit there on the wall and be ready to fight. Because he's going to come. And when he comes, guess what? You've got to call your prayer partners around. That's what Geneva was saying. God laid on her heart to tell these young people. You cannot be divided if you're together. Amen. So let's don't, eat, let's don't beat each other up. Let's encourage each other. Well, yeah, but they're not doing right. Okay. You're perfect. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, he doesn't go from preaching to meddling now. Uh-huh. Be watchful. Jesus warned his disciples to be watchful in prayer. I've got loads of scriptures each week in, under these points. I hope that you're taking these scriptures through the week and spending some time with the Word, spending time with God and digesting more. But we've got to be watchful, praying that we're not caught unprepared by Satan and the temptation to sin, by death and the judgment to follow, by Christ and the glories for those who are ready when He comes again. Don't be left sitting out there with your lampstand unlit. Have it ready. Have the oil in reserve and be ready for when the Lord comes again because He's coming soon. He's coming soon. And some of us aren't going to be ready. You've got to get ready. You've got to be ready. Any time for Him to come in the twinkling of an eye. Woo! Oh, He understands how weak I am and so He'll forgive me anyway. You know, He probably will. But wouldn't it be great if you were living on the side of victory? Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to worry about whether he's going to take you or not? Can you answer that question? If you were to die tonight, are you sure you'd go to heaven? Well, we can't really be sure, Pastor. 1 John 5, 13. Sorry, you can. <laughs> oh, well, you had to quote scripture, didn't you? Yeah, okay, all right, here we go. Thirdly, he says in, our, in, in these verses, be thankful. Be thankful. He says, with thanksgiving. What does it mean to be thankful? Man, when... When you get something, be thankful for it. I've watched young people get stuff from their parents and never even say thank you. 
It's just like, you're supposed to give this to me. Why give it to you? Worthless dog, I ain't giving nothing. Oh, man, we do that all the time, don't we? Somebody gives you something at school. You're not thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. I was substitute teaching Friday for Rodney Klein. He had some doctor appointments, and he called me. I said, yeah, I'll be glad to cover for you. And I went in. It was great because I, I remind myself all the time when I'm in those situations how grateful I am for my kids are grown. <laughs> I sitting there a bunch of knothead eighth graders, and I mean heavy on the knothead. Huh. Girls just one of them said, You uh, you offended me. I said, Oh, yeah, I hadn't even started with you. <laughs> she looked at me, I said, I'm offended by your mouth. Just, they don't know what to do with you. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, when you learn to be grateful, thankful, thankful. Don't you understand? Don't you understand and remember and realize that your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been lifted. Your sins have been, the Bible says, blotted out. Though they were as red as scarlet, they are white as snow. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Yeah. Hey, don't forget that. When the world's beating you down, don't forget. Be thankful. Attitude of gratitude. He goes on to say, our prayers need to have purpose. He asked the Colossian church to pray for him. He says, praying also for us. Too often it's general in our requests. Be specific. And that's what I'm trying to challenge our young people to do through this fasting time. And the adults that have joined us with this is be specific in your prayers. I'm asking them to pray. I have every time. Pray for this church to grow. And I believe we must grow in number. We must grow in number. If we're a living organism, we will grow in number. If we're not a living organism, then we will die. I'll pause. I'll stop again. I'll stop again on this side. I'll stop again on this side. You guys are better ameners. I'll stop over here. Amen. If we're not growing, we're dying. Amen. I watched a scrimmage game. David did good. That was about it. He can only do so much. He can't carry the whole team. In the stat book, it'll look like he is. I have some control over that. How did David get back there and intercept that ball? That's amazing. It's just amazing. 36. But I'm telling you, one man can't do it all. They all have to work together. And if one man breaks down, how that 11, if one man doesn't cover his position, right? Touchdown. And if we're not covering our position, <laughs> if we're not in the fight itself, if we're not in the game itself, we're going to lose. We must be a growing church. Purpose. Pray with purpose. And as we endeavor to live the Christ-like life, 
Prayer that's faithful. Prayer that's watchful. Prayer that's thankful. Prayer that's purposeful. And he goes on in verse 5 and tells us another crucial element in living a Christ-like life. Look at verse 5. To walk in wisdom. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Look at that. He says, consider how we're to walk. He says, we need to conduct ourselves so that people outside see God in us. You see, our friends and adults, this, this applies to all of us. Our friends, young people, they, they, you know, this is real strong in them, but it's strong in us too because we act certain ways and do certain things as adults because we want approval by our friendships. We want approval by our peers. You don't think that's true? We'll go to the bar. You can go to the bar and never drink an alcoholic beverage at all, can you? Yeah, you can. But then you're guilty by association, aren't you? All of you guys ready to watch me come out of the liquor store over here? You'll make an immediate assumption, especially if I'm carrying a brown paper bag. You'll make an immediate assumption. What's he doing in there? And then when I say to you, well, I've got some uh, red wine in here. What you got red wine for, preacher? What are you doing? Well, my doctor said I need to drink a glass of this every day. And he did. He told me I need to drink a glass of red wine every day. And I'm telling you, folks, I've been no, no drinker all of my life. I can't do it. I said, is there any other way I can get this? I'm eating red grapes like crazy. I'm into red grapes. Because you don't get upset if I'm carrying out a bag of red grapes. You know? I haven't found any red grapes at the liquor store either. Are you with me on that? But you see, what we've got to do is understand understand that we've got to be walking in a way that even the outsiders see us and respond to us and make every opportunity an opportunity. Proper conduct influences uh, those outside of God. The world is looking at us. We're going to do a, 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 a we're going to offer a lesson series that's starting in September, a four-week series, and the title of it is Unchristian. And it's a study about why the world outside of church looks at the church the way they do. 85% of them are not Christians today because of the hypocrisy they see in Christians in the church. Well, who, who are they to judge me? They're not. They're just watching you. So when we drink the same drinks and we carry on the same way they do, when we act the way they do, why should they come to the church? And 78% of those who have that feeling, 78% of that 85%, are people who are have church experience in their background. And they learned it and observed it at church. It's been said of Christians, we're the only ones that shoot our own wounded. So when I have a habit in my life that I have a hard time breaking, don't beat me up, love me! And then let me call you when I'm struggling, okay? Hand me a phone number and say, call me, man. If you're struggling, I want to be here to help you. I want to be here to help you. Then he says, show wisdom. Wisdom is imperative because he talks about time. In fact, not only time, but we have a lack of time. Time's running out. And life is too short, and we've got to be ready to go. Young people are dying. Boom, boom, boom. 
They're having crazy accidents. They're having crazy things happen. And they're dying. Adults are dying. Cancer's going crazy. It's nuts out there. Guess what? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. That's it. you got to sing that song every day. Live as though you're leaving here today. Let's go. Big wings for some, but we'll make it. He trimmed down Lindsay's wings. (laughs) I think he moved them over to mine. (laughs) And that's all right. My God's able. Amen. I can't wait. I can't wait. Verse 6. Third thing. Speak with grace. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. James is a powerful book. James chapter 3 says there is power in this little old instrument in your, between your lips called your tongue. That tongue will affect the whole body according to verse 2. Verse 6, it has destructive power. Boy, just watch. You've heard people rip you to shreds with their tongue, right? Oh, they don't take it out and beat you with it. Boy, the words they use. Oh, man, it's ugly. It's ugly. Jeff was telling me about Jason. Guy's picking on Jason. He's a real tender-hearted kid anyway, so he kind of, you know, walking off the field and they're making fun of him more. I pulled him under my arm. I said, Jace, next time I do that, turn around to him and just grin at him. They don't know what to do with you. Just grin at him. You win. You win when you grin at him. And when the devil comes at you, you stand up and grin at him and say, I got Jesus. Don't need you. I'm going to kill you. All right. Now what are they going to do with you? If the, if the threat of death is going to take you out and you don't, you don't even flinch at that, then what are they going to do with you? Woo! They might leave you alone. Oh, they're nuts. That's, you're a right-wing conservative nut. Nut job, whatever they want to call us. We're Christians. Be what you are. Stand up and be counted for Jesus. He says, how can bitter water and sweet water flow from the same fountain he says in james 3 talking about our speech so how can you praise god here and curse god there (laughs) and we need to speak with grace oh this is important right here no corrupt communication should proceed out of our mouths only that which edifies imparting grace to the hearers says our speech should be seasoned with salt and not salty language (laughs) but seasoned with salt Properly flavored, received by others in a proper way. Watch our language, how we use it around those especially who are not Christians. Do you tell the funny stories? Do you tell the off-color jokes? Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Do you laugh at them? Maybe you should. Well, I don't want to be a stuffed shirt and I don't want to be a goody two-shoes. Who said you were? I'm just asking you to be what Jesus calls you to be. You think Jesus would laugh at them? Hmm, interesting think about it. Would Jesus laugh at them? Are we who we say we are? Get ready because this sermon series is going to nail you to the wall. I'm already going to tell you now. You'll probably skip those four Sundays because you don't want to hear it. I want you to bring somebody with you. I'm telling you what. We've got to get on with it, folks. We're way behind. We're way behind. Do we claim to be disciples of Jesus? Then we should speak the words of truth that come by Him in a gracious manner and in the same way that He did. If we truly heed these three simple encouragements, they can have a powerful impact on our life. Our prayer life will likely be very different 
Our walk, our conduct will be noted for its wisdom. Our speech will be a source of encouragement to others. Wouldn't it be great as if you walk into the church, all you hear is, Ooh, man, you look great today. Ooh, I've missed you. Ooh, I love you. Ooh. That's why you like the hug and howdy time so much, don't you? Because I say, find 39 people. You can't find 39. You don't even know 39 people. But some of you act like you really do. And man, you're all over the place. Hugging and just encouraging. And When Sherry Blair's here, she has to come up here and hug these guys on the stage. And then she, I'm an afterthought. As she walks by, she went, well, okay. So she gives me up. No, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Hugging each other and saying, no, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. We need to have those kind of words. Our speech needs to be powerful and encouraging. And the essence of following Christ is found in those three principles. To allow Him to so live in us that by God's grace we experience a transformation that affects every aspect of our lives. I have a dollar bill. For the first person, it's yours, for the first person that wants to come up here and get it. Don't spill that drink. There was a hesitation, wasn't there? Why did you hesitate? Oh, maybe embarrassed. Not been embarrassed to get up, unless you're a kid on the front row. <laughs> I noticed nobody else out there jumped up out of their seat to run up and get that dollar bill. You might have thought, ah, there's a catch to this. He's got something up his sleeve here. Or you might be thinking, man, my wallet's loaded. What's a dollar for me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that dollar bill is the same as grace. God holds it up there for you. Why don't we jump up and take that gift? Well, we're probably embarrassed. Because you know, that means I might have to express the fact that I'm a sinner and I've got sin in my life. Uh, uh, there's, some, there's some strings attached to, to if I if I accept the grace of God. There, uh, there's going to be some strings attached to it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, 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 you know I, we come up with, fill in the blank, okay? The bottom line is this. Though grace is available to all, it's accepted by only a few. And many choose to sit and wait. Only a few will actually stand and trust. The verse we read earlier. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For He says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Speaking of that grace of God, 
Have you taken advantage of what time it is? Father, I ask you this morning, as we prepare to share a time of invitation, I ask you to earnestly move in some hearts and lives here today. God, it's very difficult to lower our threshold of pride to stand before a group of people and admit that we are weak. Because once we do do that, Satan takes notice and attacks us at our most vulnerable point. God, we must reassure ourselves spiritually. We must hang close and cling to tightly the filling of your spirit in each of us. The salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. And the reality that we don't have to fight the battle alone. He's fighting with us. And so God, 